Hello and welcome back to the Government Technology Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Hunsicker. In today's job market, there is a need to attract, retain, and hire top technical talent to meet the needs within the federal government. Many agencies have struggled to hire enough skilled tech workers to meet demand, and it's not just in cybersecurity. In 2023, 30% of the federal workforce is expected to be eligible for retirement. Today's digital native workers want more work-life balance and the ability to work remotely or in a hybrid environment. This challenge has both industry and government focused on looking beyond. As workforce priorities change, government agencies must prioritize digital services, leading them to embrace new technologies. With skilled tech workers looking for new opportunities, how can the federal government use this moment to build a better work environment that attracts top talent? We spoke with Teresa Weipert, Maximus's General Manager of Federal Services, to discuss how companies like Maximus are working with federal agencies to enable innovation in government. So our first question, hiring right now is difficult for both the private and public sector. How can federal agencies modernize their workforce hiring and engagement? Fortunately, um, I was able to be part of a women's technology working group, actually, just late last year with other leaders from various government agencies. And there was this conversation was um, very important to all of us because everyone is facing a problem today, which is hiring talent in, hiring and expanding your workforce in, in a market that is a little bit saturated right now, even though there's obviously changes going on in the marketplace today. It isn't easy for the government to find the right talent. And then from an industry perspective, we not only have to work to find the right talent after we've probably engaged in a contract with the government, but we also have to make sure that that talent will integrate with the federal environment or the agency that we're working with. You have to present yourself in various categories or technology categories um, today and attract workers. And so they are interested in you know, projects to work on. They're interested in expanding their resume. They're interested in in being actually part of, you know, sort of these dynamic environments that are changing. And so you have to market yourself. And so the government has to focus on that and they're aware of that. That was a, a big conversation we had is how do you attract um, talent to the government when, and, you know, maybe some people are hearing some negative things about the government and the environment where, in fact, that's not always true. I mean, the some of the work that the government agencies are doing and lots of the work that government agencies are doing is very rewarding work and and really interesting in many cases. And so how do you make sure that people can hear that message from the government? That's what we were talking about um, together. And that's the same with industry. We have to offer people opportunities to, they're interested in doing, um, you know, mission related work or fun work and they're what they call fun. And they're interested in expanding their resumes, whether it be in artificial intelligence kinds of things, or it's in um, the day-to-day program management and process things that are also required to deliver on the outcomes and the requirements of the business. So it's, it's, everyone is facing this. Um, We also need to think about the talent pools that we have today, the retiring workforce, and um, how are we going to meet some of those challenges? And that affects industry, frankly, and government. It, everybody does talk about it frequently, but we actually have to solve for it. And so how do we do that? 
I think we're gonna talk in a little bit about the hybrid workforce and the results of pandemic, of the pandemic and, and where people want to work remote or work for a while, but they need to come together as teams to collaborate and talk about challenges and problems. So, um, you know, there's a lot to do today to attract that talent in our industries, both again, for me, in my government contracting industry and also for the government um, in the various agencies and departments that they have. That was great. Thank you. So my, my follow-up is, how can government agencies build stronger teams that really drive innovation? So at Maximus, we've, um, we've made it a strong focus and priority to bring the right talent at the leadership level aligned to our strategic plan and, and sort of the pillars of our business. And those pillars are in our health pillar, for example, we're interested in expanding in the clinical um, space, not only the applications, but the services and staffing and all that we have to deliver there to meet certain requirements. We're um, certainly digitally um, focused in uh, the business processing and the business services that we deliver, and that's aligned to customer experience, whichever everyone is talking about. And in the technology and consulting business also, where there's a direct um, technology subject matter expert that's brought to the table to do something specific for an application. Those three pillars um, somewhat attract different types of folks, but we are um, fortunate, you know, that we're we're bringing in top talent from Fortune 500 companies and even talent, which is very important to us from the federal government. They come on board with a knowledge and experience level that helps us really get closer to the actual mission or business function of of the agency. And so bringing together a diverse skill set, the knowledge base that they bring in and the experiences in those environments um, enable us and enable our clients um, to innovate speed, scale, agility, all those all those great words that we need to use today. But it is important to recognize that when we bring in the various talents from these different um, areas, these various diverse areas, that it really does help all of us succeed. Okay, great. Our next question, delivering modernization at scale requires a culture shift. Talk to us about how Maximus has helped agencies shift their approach. Um, that really comes back to the diverse workforce and the teams that we have that are um, sort of embedded within the large enterprise programs that we manage. Our clients reach out to us directly for our subject matter experts, um, you know, to provide best practices, to divide, to provide guidance, guidances in many different areas, and and sometimes lead to direct employee um, training, actually, with our federal workforce um, and with our federal workers, and and to try and sort of pull that together um, as an example. You know, we support agencies as they look at their missions associated with customer experience and employee and experiences um, that they're, they're asked to to take a look at. And, and you have to sort of have to raise the awareness um, level of what that actually means. What is a good employee or customer experience? What does that actually mean? Right. And so you have to examine that very carefully, whichever agency or whichever um, department that we're working with, because it, it's if it's a citizen outreach, then you have to talk about what that customer experience is associated with citizen outreach. If it's within the employee structure, you know, whether actually, frankly, it's at Maximus or any other government contracting environment or, you know, directly with a with a, a client, you have to you have to help people kind of think through what those experience um, experiences mean, which then, of course, 
in the end, there's an outcome here. It results usually in employee retention. It usually results in um, good outcomes on various programs or, or things that we're doing for our customers. And it's a whole it's a whole cultural shift that maybe hasn't happened before. In the command and control days, it was like, you know, do this and deliver this. Well, today the experiences are a bit different and our our, our employees and our clients are demanding a different type of experience. And you have to sort of think that through carefully and to try and understand all the different facets of whatever it is that we're doing um, or, or driving um, today with, with customers and with their employees and with their clients. Okay, yeah, let's unpack that a little bit. What are some best practices you've found for managing a productive hybrid workforce environment between generations? One of the challenges, and even I have it today, trying in conversations with peers and um, in different communities, there are some agencies that require people to be on site. And you know those are for obvious reasons. It's usually security or the type of work that they're doing, you know, that must be, you know, facing each other for some reason. And so those folks, you know, it's very clear that that's required. But much of the work that's done today can be done from a remote perspective. And so this hybrid workforce, how do you combine all of that? How do you combine the the um, requirement from for all of us to interact or to collaborate on something, get it done quickly, um, you know, and, and, and then also the demands of employees who want to be remote 100%. And boy, it does take a little bit of program management and excellent communication to sort of bring all of that together in today's workforce. Some environments, you know, can make the statement, you must be, you know, on-site and working. But I suspect that they will have a hard time attracting talent if those demands are made. Um, so, you know, the future of work, the future of that model within the federal communities is, is really shifting right now. And um, I think a lot of people are questioning, um, you know, what's gonna, what's gonna continue on and what's gonna happen. From my own personal experience, um, it does require uh, strong communication and strong program management, um, conversation, et cetera, about uh, what you're doing. And then it requires the discipline of a hybrid type environment to um, you know, meet the needs. I think it's all workable and I think um, we're gonna continue in this sort of hybrid model today. today. I do find in my own work, um, I find sometimes when we're working on a problem, or working on a solution, you know, creating a solution for a client, the team is relieved in many ways to come together and talk about it in a room together or whiteboard it or, you know, just share information a little bit faster than it is maybe in a video chat. Um, we've created a work environment here at Maximus that we have much more collaboration environments, um, touchdown spaces, innovation labs, you know, uh, standing desks. We have all, all of the things that everybody else probably has too, but we've created an environment that's very flexible for the workforce that we have. Um, we have offices, of course, available, but they're not assigned. And so people can come down and touch down for 30 days, two weeks, um, one day. I mean, it's, it's just such a flexible environment um, that we've created to meet the challenges of our workforce. And I think many of my peers and many of the government agencies have created these same environments. How would a defense and intelligence community agency be able to create that same secure hybrid workforce environment? Let's dive into that a little bit. 
Yeah, so I would tell you from an, uh, you know, with the intelligence community or any kind of different level of security, you're not, you're going to be on site working together. But in the most of the environments where it's, you know, public trust kinds of things or, um, you know, other type of information that you cannot share, you can create with technology the work environments that provide the security that's necessary to monitor what's happening, maybe with individuals, but also, you know, we have file protection kinds of things, we have transfer kinds of things, we know we can, um, we can trace, I was on a call the other day, and somebody said, you know, just as simple as I don't recognize this phone number, you know, who's sitting on this call with us, right? And you can, you can disconnect them if they don't raise their hand and identify themselves. So there's all sorts of things that have been put in play now to allow us to manage, um, you know, a hybrid or a remote type workforce. We know when people sign on, sign off, you know, all those kinds of things are in all the, the tools and controls that we have in place today. The president's management agenda calls out workforce as a priority, right? So this includes reimagining and building a roadmap to the future of federal work. Part of this future of work as a result of the pandemic has created a hybrid or dynamic workplace strategy. How has Maximus worked to find the right hybrid model or balance that employees are seeking in terms of flexibility while also supporting the customer or agency mission? First of all, at least from, from my perspective, I have a lot of respect for the work-life balance Um you know, whether you're dealing with um, your own family challenges or work, you know, you have demands and, and uh, um, commitments placed on by by other requirements in your work life balance. You know, we we can manage to all of that. And we do. There's a lot of respect for time frames and things like that. I've noticed that um, maybe personally, I would have to say that uh, because we're online all the time and we have stuff available to us, we probably could work. We probably work more <laughs> in a way, but um, uh, because it's all there, it's it's always always in front of you, and you always have access to it. But we're respectful of timelines and scheduling, and um, you know, I'm available from you know 10 to 2, or I'm available from 8 a.m. until 6. You know, I mean, there's the the teams all come up with a routine or a process to enable. Um, the whole work-life balance model, which is a requirement, and also to um, deal with the remote workforce. When it comes to deliverables, which is a really important conversation, most people do understand what the deliverables are. So if you're committed to providing um, a certain amount of code or you're, you're committed to providing you know, a report by a certain time, I mean, those things haven't changed, whether I'm sitting in an office with you or whether I'm sitting remote. Um, so we do track deliverables very closely. We do track timelines. We have all the tools that you would expect from a very um, uh, from a, a program management perspective. Um, those things are all applicable, whether you know I'm sitting on site with somebody or whether I'm in a remote location. All right, great. Thank you. Do you have any final thoughts to share with us today? Um, no, I think the questions, you know, in terms of asking how difficult it is for the public and private sector to find talent and retain talent and train talent. I mean, these these apply whether I'm in the federal government or I'm in private industry. It is going to continue. It is a conversation item for sure. Um, we're aware of it. Um, I think when we map the pool of talent that's available to us with the work that we have to get done, we have to, you know, be very um, mindful of what it's going to take to get people to come on board and and to work these jobs, whether I'm sitting in the federal market or government or whether I'm I'm in a uh, government contracting model. So 
this is not going to change. I don't have a magic or there's no silver bullet here. There's there's only, um, you know, we have to work it and we have to communicate well and we have to create the environment that people want to join and to um, expand their skills, knowledge or deliver and earn a living. I mean, that is still a component of all this. And I am a, a tremendous supporter and proponent of building diverse workforce teams. And I will continue to support that as we um, as we go forward here. The, the demands that are placed on the federal government are significant in terms of trying to modernize their environments at the same time, keep meeting the requirements of their mission, whether it's legislative and law kinds of things, or whether it's customer experience and satisfaction with whatever interaction someone's having um, with the government. So um, there's a lot going on, and uh, and I am certainly respectful of people's time and, and energy to, to produce the outcome that is needed. Teresa, thank you for joining us today. And as always, thank you to our listeners. If you want to learn more about best practices, lessons learned, and proven strategies for using innovative technologies to overcome the challenges faced by federal, state, and local governments, check out governmenttechnologyinsider.com. I've been your host, Lucas Hunsaker, and until next time, so long.